Where is Job? Welcome to the Where's Job podcast. This is Memphis X. Today we're going to talk about the new NBA and how the Memphis Grizzlies fit into it. It is Friday, June 14, 2019. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for winning the 2019 NBA championship. Uh, It was a crazy, crazy series to end a crazy, crazy season and to get started with a crazy, crazy offseason. As you can see, I think it was like two former Grizzlies that won a championship uh, today. Uh, well, last night, Kyle Lowry and uh, Marcus All. Marcus All, also a native, sort of a native Memphian, uh, spent most of his life in Memphis, so I, he is a native Memphian. Um, congratulations to both of them, two guys who have been mal- maligned um, in the NBA by Memphis fans, uh, some Memphis fans, but you know, in the end, both of them found the right situation and were able to bring home the championship when the opportunity presented itself. So you can't hate that at all. Um, Like I said, on the introduction, we're going to talk about the new NBA. And um, if you uh, saw my tweet uh, at 901 hustle, um, you saw that I kind of said that um, this was going to be the new, like a, a new beginning or the end of an era for the NBA. Um, and really it's the Tim Duncan. I, I call it the Tim Duncan, Kobe Shaq. Uh, it's been like the post MJ era where you had a lot of, like a lot of collaborative stars. You didn't have like MJ dominate, even though LeBron kind of dominated at the end. The beginning was more uh, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, KG, um, the birth, the rebirth of the big three with the Boston Celtics, where everybody kind of bit into that. Um, the 2010 free agent class, uh, where you saw the beginning of player agency in the NBA, where the formation of a super team that was mostly created by players, um, which was pretty significant, a pretty significant change. You saw the era of Steph Curry come in, which really changed the game. The significant move to the pace and space, um, three-point shooting, uh, shooting in general, offense in general. The game has really changed in this era since the time of the the grab, the grabbing era uh, at the end of the Michael Jordan. You know, used to have these classic Miami Heat, New York Knicks games where the scores were like 80 to 76 or something like that, something crazy like that. And now you got games where – that's like the halftime score sometimes. So it's 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 been a significant change in the NBA over this last era, and I, I feel like we're going into a new era. And things that that kind of significant that are significant in that is the KD injury, um, blew out his hamstring. I mean his uh, Achilles. Uh, Clay Thompson blew out his knee in the in the finals. So we have 
we're going to have like a changing of the guard because, you know, Golden State will not be, uh, should not be competing for the title next year, but you never know. Uh, if KD stays, Clay stays, and they all get healthy in the end, you never know what can happen. Um, but as for right now, I'm not counting on them being a competitive. And I, I feel like since really LeBron and the Warriors have had the league on stranglehold for like half a decade, that teams are really going to start going for it. Toronto was the first example. They took the real big chance of getting Kawhi Leonard, bringing him in, and they brought Kawhi Leonard in. It was this, People said it was risky. It wasn't really risky to me, but it was a good trade. Uh, they added Marcus All to kind of put the finishing touches because I don't think if they don't make the Marcus All trade, I don't think they come out of the East. So I think that is a very significant mark. Was a very significant addition to the Toronto Raptors, um, even though he wasn't, you know, like scoring a whole bunch of points all the time. His defense was consistent throughout the entire playoff. So, you know. No matter what your criticisms of Mark, and, you know, I've had a lot in my time with the Memphis as a Memphis Grizzly fan. I've had a lot of criticism of Mark Gasol. He played his role. He found a, a team and a situation that fit him perfectly. He played his role perfectly, and the team performed up to par, and they brought home the championship. And a lot of teams have had the chance, and I remember, I remember when Dirk Nowitzki did it, when he got on that hot streak at the end of the year and was playing like the best player in the league, and they finally were able to do it and bring home the championship for the Dallas Mavericks. Those champ, those those times are are usually taken for granted. And I, I can remember when um, Oklahoma City traded James Harden, and I to, and I I was telling everybody I said they're going to really regret that they take they're taking it for granted that they made it to the finals with those young players, and they thought it was just going to be a given that they were going to make it back and they never made it back to the finals. So when you get your chance, when you get your opportunity, you need to run with it. So like I said, congratulations to Marcus Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors. And um, Kawhi Leonard is making his play for, or making his case for the best player in the NBA with KD getting hurt. He probably has a good claim on it until the playoffs next year. Because the one thing about it, the one thing we've seen in the NBA, especially with this season and last season and seasons before, the best player in the league is not earned during the regular season. It is a postseason award. Uh, it, it all depends on what you're able to do and how far you're able to lead your team in the postseason and how you perform in the postseason that makes you the best player in the league. Now, we've had a lot of grizzly news this week. The Grizzlies have hired, finally hired a coach. Uh, the coach is Taylor Jenkins, uh, assistant from the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't know much about him. Um, supposedly, he's going to bring in a lot of the Bucks system that they ran with Giannis and um, Brooke Lopez and all those um, those guards. The pace, the, what he called the space and pace system. Um, to utilize Jaron in a way he should be used, or the way we wanted him to be used last season. But, you know, nobody can really tell you. Nobody should really have strong opinions on Taylor Jenkins one way or the other, good or bad, because he's such an unknown as far as his uh, coaching on the NBA level. Um, 
like I said, he has an interesting story. You can see it on the um, plenty of interviews that made made rounds. Uh, he he got in the door through a hookup, and he took advantage of that hookup and brought it home. You know, just like just like Toronto in the championship, he took advantage of the situ- of the opportunity that he was given, and he made the best of it. And now he's at the almost at the pinnacle of his profession at 34 years of age, and we're looking forward to him. Cause he looks like a regular, a regular dude, man. He doesn't look like one of these guys that have his hair greased back, you know, trying to look like the old Pat Riley or something like that. So he looks like a regular dude. Sounds like a cool dude. Uh, so I'm really looking forward, and I'm and out of character for me as a as I am as a Memphis fan. Um, I'm very positive right now going into this summer. Um, as far as the coaching situation, uh, the front office, everybody knows we got a new front office. And, you know, so it's really nothing to be complaining about because none of these guys have a track record. So the big thing about not having track records, you haven't made a whole bunch of mistakes in your past, especially haven't made a whole bunch of mistakes concerning the Memphis Grizzlies, which is always good. So hopefully – we can go through our hard knocks for the next five years and we're doing like Toronto Raptors were tonight. We're able to hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy, have us a parade on Bill street and Jaron Jackson and, um, you know, John Morant can lead us to the next step, a step further where the, then the core four got us, uh, which was the Western conference finals. And we can go a step or two further, which would be the NBA finals or a title. To Memphis, so that's always a good thing. Now, the other bit of news that we had was um, Jonas Valanciunas opted out of his cut, his seventeen point six million player option for next year, seventeen point six or seventeen point four, something in that area. And the rumor is that he is going to negotiate a new deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. And you know, when I first heard that that they were going to negotiate a new deal. I was kind of upset about that. Didn't really like the sound of that because, you know, in the past, the Grizzlies have been known to give out bad contracts uh, to role players. And there's a lot of things as far as the fit of Jaron and JV, how they're going to fit together. But after, you know, taking a couple, a day or two, a day to really think about it, Jaron and Ja are going to be on their rookie contracts. Uh, if we trade Mike, hopefully we get another draft pick and he's on his rookie contract. And we really don't have much money on the books after this year, uh, depending on what we get back for um, Mike Conley when uh, Chandler Parsons' contract rolls off um, and depending on what we pay uh, DeLon Wright. So we won't really have that much on the books. The cap should be going up slightly over the next two or three years. Um, And... Jonas should be a stabilizing force on the court and in the locker room for the young guys because what we don't want to do is we don't want to get into the Phoenix Suns situation where we just have a bunch of kids and veterans who can't really play on the team and things start spinning out of control and we get stuck in the sub-30 win cycle, which is even worse to bid on a treadmill because even though Phoenix has had talent, they haven't been able to crack 25 wins, I think, in three or four three or four seasons. So it's been a pretty, pretty 
dead period for them, and we're trying to avoid that kind of place uh, in the NBA. So the things that we got coming up uh, in the NBA, we have the um, NBA draft is coming up in six days. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are still suspect expected to take John Morant at, with the number two pick. Um, so, you know, we'll have a, a good twosome to go with the other. And I think that's what my next, the next show is going to be about is the uh, Western Conference, uh, young guys, the young duos that are coming up in the Western Conference. I might say that to after the draft, though, but we'll see. Um, also, we have some decisions to go on. Avery Bradley, um, uh, DeLone Wright, uh, Bruno Caboclo, their contract situations. There's a whole bunch of little dates with that. I expect everybody to be back except Avery Bradley. I think they're going to um, they'll either trade him or just waive him and uh, just pay the two or three million dollars that they're going to that they're going to owe him and let him go. Um, let's see what else do we have. The draft is June thirteenth. I mean, June twentieth. Uh, we have um, there's going to be a, a draft party with the outsiders that night. And I'll have the details before that, before the draft starts, uh, before that night. Don't have mommy right now. Let's see, what else do we have? All right, I think that's it with the grizzly news. Um, so we're going to get back to the, we're going to get to the main topic of the new NBA and how it affects the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I said, um, with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson going down, uh, LeBron in LA. Uh, the uncertainty around a lot of teams and their free agents. Um, every top team in the league has some free agent concerns, except I think, well, every top team in the East have free agent concerns. Uh, the teams in the West have other concerns. Um, you have Toronto with Kawhi Leonard, um, Milwaukee with uh, Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon, Philadelphia with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Uh, let's see. You have um, most of the Indiana Pacers are going to be free agents. You have Oladipo coming off an injury. So I think people who are assuming that the East is going to be strong or as it was stronger than the West, you know, that remains to be seen. I still expect Kawhi Leonard to, to leave Toronto and go to the L.A. Clippers. I expect um, I expect uh, Tobias Harris to leave the Philadelphia Phil, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And I expect Malcolm Brockton to get an offer too big for Milwaukee to comfortably match him, you know, in in restricted free agency. So I think you're going to have a lot of shakeup around those teams. Um, And correspondingly, those teams are going to have to make some trades to uh, revamp their teams uh, back up to par. I think you might have Toronto blowing it up, or you never know. Toronto might even lose their um, general manager. So, you know, we have a lot of things going on in the East. and really, you have also New Jersey. New Jersey had opened up uh, two max cap spots um, to go 
after supposedly Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's another one I missed from the Boston Celtics. Boston will be <laughs> will be losing Kyrie Irving, and they're one of the teams that is suspected to be uh, wanting to trade for Mike Conley or could be in the market for Mike Conley. So the East, the top five in the East could be in flux, um, and there really isn't, other than New Jersey, there really isn't a young up-and-coming team in the, in the East to be able to come and take advantage of that. Um, in the West, you have Golden State with the injuries. You have Houston that was on the verge of uh, having a lame duck coach and put everybody except James Harden on the trade market. Denver, pretty stable. Portland, you have Nurkic coming off a severe leg injury. Um, and people have been speculating if they could get into Anthony Davis um, talk. The L.A. Clippers have room for, uh, I think, two max free agents, and they're suspected to be the home, the uh, landing spot for Kawhi Leonard, which would take put them into contention as a contender. You have the Lakers that are in trade talks right now for Anthony Davis, and them getting Anthony Davis with LeBron would put them into contention. Uh, and then you have a lot of the West teams that are kind of like on the bubble, on the verge, you have Utah, which is um, has been a pretty strong playoff team the last couple of years, but they have some holes that they need to fill. They can have cap space if they want it. Um, they could be one of the teams going after Tobias Harris or um, D'Lo from New Jersey. You have... Um, Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had to deal with a lot of injuries, and they were playing like a playoff team before uh, Robert Covington got hurt. You have Dallas with the young, the new young duo of Doncic and uh, KP, Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, nobody knows how that's going to play out. You have Sacramento, who was on their way, knocking on the door for a playoff berth until uh, – Marvin Bagley got hurt at the end of the season. So they should be improved depending on what they do with their center position. Um, Trying to see now, really, other than the Grizzlies and the Suns, the Grizzlies and the Suns should be the only teams that aren't really competing for a playoff berth. Uh, You know, I'm pretty sure Phoenix would like to be competing for a playoff berth, but I'm not sure they're going to do what it takes to compete for a playoff berth. Um, and then you have the Pelicans uh, getting Zion Williams and whatever they get in the Anthony Davis trade. So we have a lot of teams that still should be competing for the A spot in the um, in the West. Should should be anywhere from eleven to thirteen teams competing for the A spot in the West, competing for a playoff spot in the West, which is going to make it a bloodbath. Um, and you have the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, how do the Memphis Grizzlies fit into this equation? Well, the Memphis Grizzlies probably have the second, well, the third most valuable trade veteran on the market. You have Anthony Davis, number one. Um, 
Bill at Washington is going to be the, probably second. And I don't even know if he's available. I don't know if Washington's going to make him available. Uh, right now they're working with an interim GM. They don't even have a, a GM in place. So you don't know what's going on with them right now. So you don't know if Bradley Bill's going to even be available. And then you have Mike Conley, who is readily available. And supposedly, I think, it's supposed to be like five, six teams in the that are talking with the Grizzlies right now. And my expectations right now is for the Grizzlies to trade him on draft night. Uh, and the team and situation they draft trade him to is going to be dependent on what happens with the draft order, what players go where, who's available at what pick, and what players they can get and what players they like in the draft. So I think it's going to be really in flux, and I really don't expect Mike to make it. I don't expect the Grizzlies to end summer league with Mike Conley on the roster. Uh, I'll say it like that. So after, real soon after uh, free agency opens or closes, or well, opens, they will make a trade of Mike Conley and bring in some more assets. Now, what is the expected return for Mike Conley at this time? What do I expect? Well, I expect um, them to take on at least one bad contract of maybe a playable veteran. Uh, for us, that doesn't really mean much because we're not really trying to win next year. Just need somebody that can help us compete on a nightly basis. Uh, and maybe one fringe young player and a late first, something past 15, depending on the team. Now, there has been rumors that Miami might give us the number 13 pick. Um I really don't see them giving up a lottery pick unless we take it, unless we're taking up a lot of bad contracts from them. Uh, but they really need an influx of young talent on their team already. So I don't see them giving up a lottery pick for uh, Mike Conley. And they already owe a future pick to um, the Clippers. So I don't, and I think their 2021 pick is owed to the Clippers. So they won't be able to trade a 20, 2020 pick or, you know, their next pick they'd be able to trade. If they don't trade this one, would be 2023, and I don't see them trading a pick that far out for Mike Conley. So I'm a little skeptical about the Miami deal. I really don't know who the favorite is. My favorite deal has always been, I think, he, Orlando. Um because they have dead money that they didn't use in their playoff run, and they really can use an upgrade at a point guard. Um, but uh, we will see how it goes. Um, I expect the draft, the trade to be draft night, and I expect most of Memphis, most of the Memphis fan base, to be disappointed with the return on the draft on the trade for Mike Conley. Now the new NBA, as far as no golden state warriors, this is what I wanted. Not in this fashion. I wanted KD to leave to increase the value of Mike Conley and KD and clay getting hurt might increase teams wanting, especially teams in the West desiring to trade for Mike Conley teams like Utah jazz, who don't really have anything unless they're going to give us two first-round picks. They're 23rd this year and a future first-round pick. Um, 
Denver, which have some players that we could really use, some veteran players. Um, Minnesota, Phoenix, uh, even if they don't trade their number six pick, they could be enticed to trade uh, the first-round pick that they own from Milwaukee and maybe a future pick from them heavily protected. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to go in a lot of ways. Now, I see the new NBA as unformed. I don't think people are really going to know. People did a lot trying to copy the Houston-Golden State hybrid formula of shooting a lot of threes, spacing the floor, and that worked out well. Uh, but I think that we're gonna, we have a new era coming in with the young teams, and if you look at the young rosters, what you will see is now they they all have these great primary initiators, um, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, um, De'Aaron Fox, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but what these teams also have are versatile big men, and I think um, the teams or the NBA is going to have to evolve to uh, solve the problem of the versatile big men, like even the, like our own Jaron Jackson, guys that can do a lot of stuff on the court but still have size, still are able to play inside uh, also. So you, you're not going to be able to go small like you had these hulking big men from the last era uh, that didn't shoot threes. Um, they can only play on the inside, couldn't really move their feet that well. So you can go small and play them off the court. <clears throat> well, you have these new big men like Jaron, like Marvin Bagley, uh, DeAndre Aiden, and um, other of these new big men that you can't play off the floor by going small. And if you go small, they're going to punish you on the inside. So I think the NBA is going to kind of evolve, and I'm glad that we have Jaron and should have John Morant to help us usher ourselves into this new NBA where we're going to be on the – we should be on the cusp uh, you know, um, innovating uh, how teams are going to attack other teams offensively and defensively, because Jaron should be, you know, Jaron is should be our best player. I mean, I would be thankful and happy if we get a player that ends up better than Jaron, um, if that's possible at this point. But at this at this time, I think Jaron's going to be our best player. He's versatile on offense and defense. Only has really one shortcoming. Well, two shortcomings, and that's um, rebounding and um, fouling. So I think he'll show up the fouling with experience and the rebounding. We'll see this season if it gets a little bit better. And it should get better as he gets stronger and uh, more experienced. But, you know, we'll see. But like I said, this new NBA, I think that Memphis is poised and you know to compete in this new NBA. And that, that brings us a lot to the um, the Jonas, you know, extension talks. Um, we have to be careful about how much we give Jonas and how long we give Jonas as far as contract terms goes because we're nobody can be sure of the fit of him and Jaron. And if he's going to be like a basically a platoon big, like people have been talking about as Jaron transitions into a uh, full-time starting five, uh, we don't need to be paying him more than $12, 15000000 million, you know, a season, 
you know, for a long time. But either way, if, the, if they keep the contract to four seasons, he'll be off the books before we have to pay any of our young guys. So, yeah, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Um, going to see if I can knock out another episode tomorrow. Um, going to see if I can, what kind of pace I can do with this uh, with this podcast as far as recording. Can I record on a daily basis or a weekly basis? Uh, it'll probably drop down a weekly after summer league um, and into the season, but we'll see. Uh, like I said, this is the Where's Job podcast. I am Memphis X, and thank you for listening. Hey, 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 turn it up. Turn it up.